Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Well, we're under another full course caution and it's for a very, very big accident for Lars Kern has destroyed the number 13 AWA prototype and he was sharing with Kyle Marcelli the Canadian and Ori Fadani two Canadians and the German there the AWA Orlando Corporation machine now that is a car that is meant to be racing next weekend uh, at Canadian Time Motorsport Park as I say it looks more like a single seater from the 1980s every single part over the top of the wheels has been ripped apart look Jeremy as though Lars just got offline going through turn one not a massive error we've seen other people do it right up the curves but the curves spat him off to drivers right to a big impact on the guardrail on the right hand side there and wiped off all four corners of the car pretty quickly Kind of looked like he had a bit of a tank slapper, maybe going over the um, over the curbs on the exit, and he, you know, the car snapped one way, then the other, and he can't, caught it, didn't catch it, caught it, didn't catch it, and, and then the car was history. It just spun off there to the inside and made very, very ho- heavy contact with that inside fence, and uh, so that was uh, you know, just kind of un- yeah, super unfortunate for that team. It's, that number 13 car has been involved in a few scrapes today already. Ori Fidani had had a couple of misses or near misses. He was being... Wasn't he the car that was dive bombed uh, in turn one earlier on? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wicker Bill asking uh, how many laps the safety car has led uh, this race. I can tell you that. Stand by. Uh, because if I pull up the session statistics, I can tell you it has led 19 laps. That's how many yellow laps uh, we've had so far. For just over an hour and eight minutes in terms of race time. I think the more frustrating thing for the teams is that they're not able to get a real read on what's going on on the track and how the cars are performing because we're not getting any long runs. We've not had a single long full fuel run, have we, in terms yeah. of a full green run? pass around is starting so the CT4V the Glen Watkins Glen edition in its very pleasant blue colour it's almost RSL jacket blue how many laps did you say? 19 I think yeah, yeah, we, we've we've just about had more green laps than than uh, yellow, but not by very many. But 20, um, 28 laps of tw- twenty. Of yeah, uh, the green, I should say. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, we'll complete twenty-eight when it, they come around this time around, and nineteen laps of of yellow. Obviously, the yellow laps take a lot longer. The math so isn't right. There, we've had fifty-one in total. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. All right. Let me reset that then. So probably more. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, 
problem is I can't get the, ah there's the errant at least now I've found the errant green right, we have tw tw 21 tw laps, laps of yellow, of yellow and 30 yeah. of green with 51 52 laps now in the books for our race leaders and it's still the two Acuras there the only two cars have led this race we've had just two changes of lead uh, so far not including of course that one on the uh, on the first lap yeah because uh, the change already happened before the end of that first lap so don't, I don't count that one as a change of lead although I probably should do <laughs> um, but uh, you know, because it, you know, the lap one leader was uh, is is the first leader of the race officially uh, and uh, the notes so number 10 and 60 have traded lead a couple of times. Sebastian Bourdais has managed to find himself back up into third place and having overtaken number zero two of Earl Bamba uh, shortly after the restart. And then a uh, couple of laps before we went to yellow again, Trista Vautier also found a way past Earl Bamba while they were negotiating that traffic. So it's the uh, number five car up into fourth position now ahead of the number zero two. Then we've got the LMP2 leader, Dylan Murray, and then Jimmy Johnson, who um, is running next ahead of the, a train of LMP2 cars, led by Fabio Shearer in the high-class racing, car number 20, Ryan DeYell in number Era Motorsport, car number 18, Mikkel Jensen in the car number 52 for PR1 Matheson Motorsports, then Juan Pablo Montoya, driver number 81 car for Dragon Speed USA, Rui Pinto de Andrade, car number eight for Tower Motorsport. Number 11 is the youngster, or the kid, as Stephen Thomas called him, Josh Pearson, 16-year-old in number 11. Um, then it's the LMP3 cars, led by the MLT Motorsports, car number 58 of Josh Sarchet, followed by Kai Van Berlo, who's had a great weekend already with two wins in the Porsche Carrera Cup North America to extend his championship points lead. He's driving number 74 car, for Riley Motorsports, then number 30 of the, the, another youngster, Nolan Siegel, driving for the Junior 3 racing team in number 30. Number 54 is George Kurtz for Core Autosport. Number 38 is Cameron Shields for Performance Tech Motorsports. And then the, the last of those train of cars is Max Hanratty, who is in car number 40 for Fast MD. The only other cars on the lead lap are the are Pipa Durrani number 31, who uh, this caution is certainly excellent news for him because he's going to make up that ground that he had lost with that penalty. And Jared Andretti, who had that drive through and just able to maintain the lead lap as well. So those are all the cars on the lead lap. Behind that, you know, all the GTD cars, led still by Conor Filippi in car number 25, leading pro as well. And then behind him is the best of the non-pro cars, Richard Highstand for Vassar Sullivan, car number 12. And Michael Dynan in for Robbie Foley in number 96, Turner Motorsport BMW, getting ready to go back to green. It's the VP Racing Fuel in race update from Jeremy Shaw. Green flag is in the air. Philippe Albuquerque weaves left and right. He's clear of the rest of the field as we go back to green. 19 minutes and 6 seconds is the longest green flag segment we've had so far. Come on, people. Let's see if we can get a full green flag stint in. 54 minutes and 30 seconds to the Michelin Endurance Cup points being awarded at half distance. We've gone through the first third of the race. And very quickly back onto it is the 0-2 of Earl Bamber. He's having a look at the back 
of Tristan Vautier in the number five Mustang sampling JDC Miller Motorsports car into the pit lane for Jarrett Andretti. That's for a drive through, I presume. Ross Gunn into the pit lane as well. That'll be a driver change in the heart of racing Aston Martin. Fuel only and driver change, no tyres. Bamba down the inside. He's alongside the number five car into turn number eight. Last of the late breakers will take this one. Vautier misses out. And through goes the 0-2, the black front with the very dark red metallic middle and hind quarters on that Earl Bamba-driven 0-2 Chip Ganassi Cadillac. Strong move from the Kiwi. Got that one done, really, with the drive out of turn seven, the toe of the boot. Got more than halfway along before they got into the braking area, then just released the brakes at the apex and cruises through. Did give Fortier room, though. That was fair. Now he sets off after Sebastian Bourdais, his teammate. Josh Burden has taken over the Andretti Autosport number 36, so that was a pit stop there for that car. I, I, I'm still waiting to see if they're going to get another drive-through. They've had one for the contact with the with the AWA car, wasn't it, early on? If that might have been the start of the problems for Lars Kern, because it was on that left rear corner, so if something broke there as he went across the kerb, maybe that's what tipped him into the barriers. Because that was uh, that was quite a, a, stir, a stern hit, and then he clipped the barriers as well on the, the driver's left. Meantime, high-class racing, red and white, with the Racing for Netherlands, blue and white jumbo car right in behind it. So that is a change because Fabio Shearer did get past Dylan Murray then at the restart and now hot on their tail is Mikkel Jensen in the pole sitting car number 52. Trade of cars there with also Ryan Dielli in that mix and uh, Juan Pablo Montoya and Rui Pinto in, and De Andrade as well. So a train of cars there in LP2. In LP3, uh, Josh Sarche has lost the lead now to Kai Van Berlo who leads LMP3 in number 74. That same car won both races here last year. Good work by the 81 Dragon Speed team. Remember, there were three wheels on their wagon earlier on when the left front wheel made its bid for freedom. Tried to get onto the infield, but they weren't too far away from the end of the lap. But that happened between turn seven and turn eight and turn nine. And so they were just a couple of laps away from getting the car back in. Restored to healthy white with uh, red and blue. The Evil Knievel leathers type livery. Those of you with a long memory will know what I'm talking about there. White with the blue band with the white stars. Absolutely think of that as Evil Knievel. Can't see that car without uh, thinking of that great showman. Down into turn six for that battle at the moment. Conor de Filippi still leading GTD Pro from Ben Barnicat. The Lexus have been strong today. Uh, between de Filippi and Barnicat is the other Lexus, the GTD leader. Richard Highstand keeping pace with the two pro cars. And again, make the point, the performance potential of the GT Daytona cars identical. It's the drivers that make the difference, and that's what uh, makes the difference as well 
in their categorization to whether they are GT Daytona or GT Daytona Pro. Another 10 minutes of racing ticked off. Three hours and 50 minutes exactly to go from Watkins Glen on Sirius 207 around North America, around the world, on RS2, IMSA Radio via the player or via imsaradio.com. And if you're outside the US and your territory does not have a network TV deal, then you can watch the international, the world TV feed as well via imsaradio.com. Just... Uh, Scroll up to the top left-hand side and you will see the live video button on there. And we don't interrupt the action for anything. All the way through from start to finish. And don't forget, when the chequered flag drops, that ends the race, but it starts our conversation about it. Michelin post-race tech, the original listener edited show, I suppose. Directed show. Your questions, please, to at IMSA Radio, hashtag Michelin PRT. Observations from this week, from today, questions, points arising, whatever you'd like, throw it in there. Uh, Jeremy, myself, and the team will try and answer it for you. Always tend to get a few driver interviews in there as well as we're uh, patrolling the paddock around the Victory Circle area and she and Joe will be on duty for that as well tonight that's straight after the race coverage here on RS2 IMSA Radio new fastest lap of the race last time around a 130.790, so just under 91 seconds for Philippe and Albuquerque. The uh, temperatures, uh, a moderate 47 degrees now. Well, that sounds rather silly, doesn't it? But uh, that has uh, been far higher than that uh, this week. That is... 86 Fahrenheit, the, the humidity, which was 73% earlier on, has dropped down to 55. That's still pretty sticky. 117 Fahrenheit on the track, which is 47 Celsius, 30 degrees in the air, that's 86. So, around the circuit then, the big battle we were watching was whether Philippe Albuquerque could uh, stay ahead and on the lead lap. Well, uh, sorry, whether people Durrani could stay ahead and in the pits is the leader. And not sure how this works out, Jeremy, for the leader, Tom. Blancmist has now gone through into the lead. So the number 10, Coninka Minolta Acura, Philippe Albuquerque. That's 30 laps, but with three tranches of yellow there. Let's go down to the pits and pick up this report. And a pat on the back from Ricky Taylor to Philippe Albuquerque as Philippe jumps out of the Acura and Ricky jumps into it. That was very well deserved as Philippe 
did a great stint. This is four tires and fuel and the driver change for Conic Minolta and their Acura. And the car is on a downhill slant, so Ricky needs to keep his foot on the brake. Actually, no, crew members holding on to the rear wing as Ricky now revs the car into life, and away he goes. about 46 minutes remaining until the three-hour mark in the race so uh, that number 10 team reckons uh, excuse me yeah number 10 team reckons they can get to that mark with this person they didn't need to come in now they've got plenty of fuel on board that car but come in top it off and uh, absolutely brim full and uh, they will be uh, well of course caution would help them now but they, they've made that stop and they reckon they can get to the end to the end to the three-hour mark uh, from here uh, and that will serve them well. If there is a full course caution and the pits are closed, that they will cycle through to the front and they'll be golden from there on in. But to everybody, all, all the cars in DPI do need to make a pit stop before that uh, three-hour mark in this race. And they're the first to do so. Uh, effectively, they're looking at this as two separate races, as Jeremy said before. And remember, the reason for this is the Michelin Endurance Cup points awarded at half distance. It has made the difference in the past between who has won the championship and who hasn't. So they're looking now, effectively what they've done is made their last pit stop in the first half of the race. That's the idea. You always say those people who can make their last pit stop first, well, they're looking at two, three-hour portions of the six hours, the seal and six hours of the Glen to get those additional points that are awarded at the interim three-hour mark. So they've dropped down for the moment. That number 10 car uh, down to 14th position behind pretty much all seven of the LMP2 cars. But Ricky Taylor in the car for the first time, remember. Philippe Albuquerque has driven all the way to the two hour and 15 minute mark. Ricky Taylor though in what they have done is they've put him out in a really lovely gap uh, just ahead of the number 74 Riley Motorsports LMP2. And the next car in front of them is the Andretti Autosport number 36. And as the number 10 Conic Minolta Acura goes into turn six, the 36 is just cresting the brow and heading into turn eight. So this is gonna be a pretty decent lap for Ricky Taylor. New brand new sticker Michelin's and a full tank of VP racing fuel and tapped on the head and said right go on off you go being able to dial himself in before he's hit any, hit any traffic Sean Olmstead saying dear Watkins Glen can the six hours be on a Saturday next year and finish at night Ooh, bit of night racing no lights around here it would be very dark, but then again, this time of the year, it takes a long time to get darker. You'd have to finish at 11 o'clock to get any darkness at this time of the year. But yes, I like the idea. Jerry Z, trackside here, says the winner of LMP3 could well be the car with the least damage. Not sure why P3s are having so much trouble. Yeah. Don't disagree with you. At all. Just 
waiting to see if we can grab a quick word with Philippe Albuquerque. Having done two hours and 15 minutes, but really not got into a rhythm. Interested to see what he says. Now, down the front straight, here's an opportunity for the 0-1. That is Sebastian Bourdais going for the lead. Round the outside at turn one, has to drop in behind. We'll do the switch back though. Tom Blomqvist defending. Up the sweepers through the S's. And Blomqvist survives for the moment, but here comes the Cadillac. Bourdais smells blood. Faints to the right, goes to the left. Brilliant dive down the inside, can't get it done into the inner loop. Blomqvist very late on the brakes there, and here comes Earl Bamba catching these two as well. We'll keep an eye on that. Here's Philippe Albuquerque in the pit lane after two hours and 15 minutes in the Cunningham and all of which he led most of that race. Joe Bradley. Thumbs up from Wayne Taylor there, Philippe. Job good. Yeah, it's good to have a thumbs up from the boss, right? <laughs> yeah, so it was good fun out there. I mean, a lot of yellows in a second stint, which made things a bit different, uh, timing it, the restarts. Um, we are in a different strategy now, so we just need to keep fingers crossed that our strategy is better than the others. That was a great race at the start of this, uh, this event. You guys were really going for 100%. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the beauty of IMSA. Like, uh, it's six hours, but uh, it's like a sprint race every time you go in a car because track position is so crucial. And once you are there, you try to save some fuel for the pit stops and so on. We could see that the Shane car passed me on a pit stop just because they went on a little bit different strategy to get the position. Then we went on a different strategy as from everybody staying out. So now we need to wait and see when the yellows are coming for us to be ahead of the others. And as a driver, when you've be, you know, you get into a floor and then out comes another yellow, you get back into the floor. It must be really hard to keep the keep the psychology of what you're doing. It is, but uh, you know, like I, I always say that in racing, it's what it's cool about is like when the green goes down, the last one come, you know, is is the loser, right? So there is four yellows, five yellows. I mean, in the end, it's the same for everybody. You need to be, you know, ready to warm up the brakes, warm up the tires dive in on the first braking, counting with a pickup on the tires. Be aware that if you do a mistake, you're gonna get passed by the other guys. It's about being spot on all the time and not, you know, not allowing a single mistake because that single mistake will make the other ones an advantage. And is the team strategizing towards the half distance points? I tell you what, <laughs> I push like hell and I trust them 100% because just now, everyone pitted it. And they told me to stay out. They're like, hmm, I'm sure they know what they are doing. So are you sure it's to stay out? Because I felt like maybe I misunderstand. Like, no, no, we're staying out. Okay, full trust on them as they are trusting on me. Yeah. You did two hours 15. That's quite, that's more than a gr Formula One Grand Prix distance. Uh, what do you do physically now to, uh, well, firstly, cool off, I would imagine? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, this is what is crazy about endurance racing. So me and Ricky are the cars that have two drivers only. We're going to be doing, each of us, two Formula One races in one week, one, 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 in six hours, which is kind of wild. Uh, I'm not going to lie, it's kind of demanding on fitness, but again, it's all about, you know, training harder, going, training at lunchtime, at home when it's the hottest time, running out there. Um, I was going to, I was going to ask Philippe, uh, Philippe, if you, if it did any special training. You've just answered that. In the heat of the day, you go running. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So especially for this one, I know this is the, this is the toughest one of the championship. 
the, this is where the, we have the most cheese, lateral cheese, like the, the carousel, we have three and a half cheese. Uh, follow, before we have like a, a, a very quick bus stop in uh, fourth gear. So I, I train at home, I like to run in the heat, like when it's 30 degrees. Uh, then going on the bike, you know, close the windows, everything, so it's proper hot. And keep working on those temperatures, because that's what we have when we are in a car. Well, I'm going to let you go in and prepare for your next thing. Thank you, Philippe. Thank you. Into the pits comes the BMW number 25, which uh, has been running at a very, very sharp end. Conor de Filippi finally gets out of that car, doesn't take the steering wheel out. Uh, and his, he uh, is replaced in that car. This is the number 25. Filippi started that car. And already the driver is ready to go. And off he goes. Smart work by the RLL team. And it's Augusto Farfus who's got in that car. Let's confirm that as it goes out of the pit lane. Yes, it is. In from fifth position, Tristan Vautier for JDC Miller and they Mustang sampling as we have a track limits warning. Corvette lost laps during practice and qualifying, and again, it's the number three car uh, in GTD Pro. Jordan Taylor in second place at the moment. They've worked their way forward in GTD Pro, but it's the number five in at the moment, and that is that looks to be well, something going on in the cockpit of the car there. Fuel still going in though, so no time lost. 29, call that 30 seconds stationary for the number five JDC Mustang sampling. Might be worth just sauntering down there and see what was going on there. As it rejoins, Richard Westbrook got into the car. Hello to Jess, who'll be watching and listening at home at just after six o'clock in the evening UK time. Straight onto the pace down there. So, Jeremy, again, are, are we looking there at the the JDC uh, Miller car responding to to what happened with the with the number ten Conning and Minolta car, or were they about due anyway? Uh, no, no, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, they want to be. Uh in position it is the number five car actually that leads the michelin endurance cup right. coming into this race uh, uh they are currently two points ahead of both number 10 car and the number 31. so that is the the standings coming into this race pit stop also there for the number one bmw 35 minutes to that first tranche of points the number one bmw being the paul miller racing car Madison Snow in that car in that car now at least and uh, is that the first time Madison has been in that car I think she's taken over from Eric Janssen yes he has change of lead again in LMP2 Dylan Murray Murray has got back ahead again of uh, Fabio Shearer and both of them are bottled up behind uh, Jimmy Johnson, who's fallen 20, nearly 25 seconds behind 
the rest of the uh, DPR cars. This is a pit stop for the second and third place cars and lap 66 and 25 minutes remaining until the top of the hour. And uh, Joe Bradley is at the Cadillac pit for the O2 Earl Bamber car, Joe. Yep, well, just bringing it on to pit road now as you say that, just coming into this pit box around the O1, sister car, Earl parks it at my feet. It's going to be a driver change, Alex Lynn, just walk past Alex Lynn at the back, he's just preparing his helmet to take over from Earl, Earl steps out, Alex hops in, slots into that very confined space there, while the fuel, everything, everything happens at once in the IMSA pit stops, remember, fueling, tyres, driver change, everything at the same time. It's quite a dynamic choreograph that they go through, or choreography I should say. So everything done, driver in, the tyres are on. And the other thing I love about IMSA is, oh, and a knit almost coming together with a Turner Motorsport BMW there, waved away by the team, right into the path of the Turner Motorsport. And of course, the uh, the Michelin tyre scanners only fit one car through at the same time. So you can't go out side by side. And the, uh, it was Alex Lynn who deferred to the, uh, the heavier BMW, no doubt. Uh, but they've both made it out there. And I was about to say, Guys, the other thing I love about IMSA pit stops is uh, you're allowed to wheel spin off the pit apron, which is, uh, you should be given a penalty if you don't, in my yeah, view. Yeah, absolutely right, Joe. The Turner car was already in the fast lane. Um, that may be seen as an unsafe release by the Chip Ganassi team. Uh, there was absolutely no way that that prototype was going to get in front of the BMW, which was just holding its line. It's their number 96 car. Richard uh, was just rejoining from uh, its pit stop and that car has on board 96 Bill Orbelin on his way out so Bill was never going to give way anyway meantime further back of the pit lane the number 12 Lexus from uh, Sullivan which is the leading car in its class and mixing it up with the GTD pros as well Richie Highstand was second GTD actually for quite a long time. His teammate Ben Barnicott has uh, assumed the lead. No, he's still in the lead, right? No, no, he's assumed the yeah, lead. Well, because who stopped? Number 12 car was ahead of number 14. All right, okay. Yeah. Uh, they're in different classes, though, yeah? So Indeed. So, where so was, GTD was ahead of GTD Pro. Yeah. Um, I thought there was a... I thought there was a... Pit stop there for number 48 car. Jimmy Johnson getting out already. That's Mike Rockefeller climbing aboard number 48 car. So Mike going back out again. Mike Rockefeller into that car. Ah, yeah. So. Augusto Farfus was leading, or at least the BMW was leading, wasn't it? The number 25. Yes, that and pitted a couple of laps ago. Correct. That, yeah. that was what was throwing me out. Yeah, number, I number knew 12. Ben wasn't leading GTD Pro when the last time I looked. Correct. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The, the number 12 car was next in line behind. He was about three seconds behind yeah. Di Filippi before that pit stop. Correct. And, uh, but Heisland pulled out a couple of seconds over Ben Barnicott. So yeah. hats off to him in the GTD car ahead of his uh, pro teammate, Ben Barnicott. Yeah, I remember seeing at the time a perfect example of the performance potential of the car 
nothing to do with whether it's in GT or GTD Pro. It's down to the driver lineup in those cars. Yeah. Alain so, Cadillac back out on the track and now with Mike Rockefeller behind the wheel. So now the only uh, DPI car that has not yet pitted is the, uh, the, the race leader. Now car number 60, Dom Blomquist still at the wheel of that car. Just been a spin out on the circuit for the number 74 Riley at turn number eight, but that has continued. We'll keep an eye on that as Joe Bradley brings us more from the pit lane. Richard Heistand. Uh, Richard, with you. you must have took a lot of pleasure from overtaking the sister car. Say that again. You must have took a lot of pleasure from overtaking the team car. Ah, uh, well, you know, I'm just glad both of us were running up front. Um, you know, we've, uh, I think this year, uh, pace at some tracks has been a little bit of a struggle and 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 here we we seem to be on it good both of us had uh, a decent qualifying and um, so far so good in terms of uh, you know not making mistakes and being up front and long way to go still in the race uh, hopefully uh, I prayed to the uh, the the the, um, the caution gods I sacrificed like a little small animal uh, to make sure that the cautions fall our way there it is, everybody. Richard Eistan takes small mammals in the car with him. Thanks, Richard. He's only joking, by the way. No small mammals were hurt in the making of those cautions. Into the pit lane. Tom Blomqvist out. Oliver Jarvis into the number 60. Auto Nation. Sirius XM. Accurate. Nice pit stop by the MSR team. The wide brown eyes of Ollie Jarvis getting up to speed straight away. He leaves his visor up, checks his left-hand mirror before he joins at the exit of the pit lane. And that was the car coming in from the lead. 57.4 seconds. He was ahead of Ricky Taylor when he get on the previous lap. So he then came into the pit lane and see where he is now in relation to Ricky Taylor. Of course, he was the first car to make its pit stop in this round of stops. Oh. Uh, a full uh, t 11 laps ago. Uh, I said oh, because the race control have just issued a penalty drive-through, a drive-through penalty rather, to the number 12 Lexus for multiple track limits. Mm. Uh, and now it's come up as, a, as just a warning. Now let's wait to see if they rescind that original one or if that's actually two different things. One at... 11 minutes and 53 seconds and one at 12 minutes and four seconds. So certainly though, the number 12 has been noted for being off the track rather too many times. And this is the car that we were just talking about, Richard Highstand leading in GTD. He's handed the car over to, I think he said it was Frankie Monte Calvo who got into that car, yes it was. So, Let's see if that uh, drive-through is rescinded for the 12, or if that is indeed two potential penalties, one warning and one drive-through. And that was a spin, wasn't it, for this number 74 it, car? It was a spin for the 74 yeah, car at turn eight and yeah, then continued. Indeed, that, and that was the LP3 leader. Uh, so uh, he's, he's able to keep going again. Wiley uh, Motorsport car. Yeah, I think he's... Uh, is that Kai von Berlo? Yes, it, it is. It was, yeah, and, and he's, he still hasn't pitted, I think, compared to uh, most of the other cars in LMP3 that have made an extra stop, but he's able to maintain the lead even with that spin. Yeah, that car's only had two pit stops behind them. Nolan Siegel for Junior 3 has had a three stop. The Andretti Autosport car, with its various penalties, has been down the pit lane five times. Josh Burden's in third position in that car. 
Uh, that's the Gilbert Courthoff Mercedes missing the chicane or going through the uh, barriers at least. The number 32 EMG GT3. Now that car right at the very sharp end early on in the piece with Stephen McAleer driving it. Looked like it uh, just missed the breaking point or was there some... Oh no, got, got a little nudge there from the 0-2. Now that's interesting, that was Alex Lynn. I don't... Th oh, it's oh, front suspension damage for the 32. Championship leader. This is huge for the championship. Gilbert Cawthon beat be, um, AMG and it's Dirk Muller behind the wheel. I just, I'm not sure Dirk saw the prototype on the inside at all there. Alex Lynn had given him room and was driving up the inside. Clearly didn't have to brake at the same time as the heavy GT car. That's not just a tyre, Jeremy. That is a tall link or a suspension arm. And Dirk Muller, extremely experienced GT and endurance driver. That is heartbreak for the team that are leading in the championship. Well, well, 25 minutes to go to the first set of points. Yeah, the in really set of points, and that is a disaster for them, Jeremy. Really is unfortunate for them. Uh, the uh, After those pit stops, by the way, the number 10 car was able to get back in the lead after the number pit stop by number 60, who resumed just ahead of Renko van der Zander yeah. in the number 01. Uh, so... Uh, uh, so it's still Ricky Taylor, or Ricky Taylor back in leading car number 10. In LMP2, there was a change last time around. Anders Fjord back for, for high-class racing. Got past Juan Pablo Montoya for the lead of the class in LMP2. So number 20 ahead of number 81. Guido van der Garde right there as well in car number 29. The racing team Netherland entry and Mikkel Jensen in car number 52. So the number 32, Tim Kohoff Motorsport. Mercedes has made it back to the pits and... Oh, I can barely breathe the smoke billowing off that right from corner. Uh, the suspension is broken. It's as the wheel was taken off, the wheel was devoid of a tyre. The tyre's just completely destroyed itself and the, uh, the the hub just fell over and was lying at 90 degrees to the angle it should be. So the team will now go to work and it'll be suspension components that will be brought out. It's completely broken that front upright where it links to the top wishbone. Thank you, Joe. So, Ricky Taylor back at the head of the field then. That pitted 12 laps earlier than the Mayershank Racing with Kerb Agachini in number 60. Tom Blomqvist then in the car for most of those 12 laps and Ollie Jarvis just jumping in and just getting up to speed there. So that tactic has worked there for the guys at Cunningham and Alder. They're back in the lead as we head towards the last 23 minutes of the run to the first set of uh, points for Michelin Endurance Cup. Yeah, but if there's no more full-course caution here, 47 minutes is what they were trying to do on it with that number 10 car. That's pushing it. I mean, that really is pushing it. So uh, I think the number 10 car... Yeah, I, I, I hope they weren't planning for a full course course. We've had so many during this race. Oh, you could perhaps uh, forgive them for doing so. But they certainly came in quite a bit earlier than I would have anticipated. We'll have to wait and see now whether Ricky Taylor can stretch that fuel load to get to that three-hour mark and get those maximum points for the Michelin Endurance Cup. 
So having removed the right front wheel of the number 32 and have the suspension collapse, they've kind of pushed the suspension back where it should be, put the old wheel back onto the car, and the car's now making its way back around to go behind the wall. That job too much for any kind of work to be done on the pit road. So the 32, the 32 car of motorsport car has now uh, gone out and round the back and uh, quite remarkable how it can still drive to be honest the, the destruction on that right front corner that's the number 32 of the caught off motorsport amg thank you joe donnell says uh, philippe albuquerque great interview as always he's brilliant isn't he yeah he really just loves it you can hear the smile on his face you don't have to see it hello to Andrew Muggeridge to Dave Alcock to Plastic and Plasters. Nice way to spend the 55th birthday watching the six hours of the Glen and spending some time with Sarah Rigby as well. Hello to Racing Chocks. They were listening. Ooh, if only I had some. Hello to Otter, FR, and to Vincent Bruins. Watching the battle for LMP2 which is quite interesting actually and there's Fjord back leading at the moment but having a cracking battle with Juan Montoya and Guido van der Garde really interesting even after that spin that the 74 car is uh, still in uh, LMP3 as well So, 20 minutes to the first of those points that we've been talking about. The cloud cover has come over again. That will uh, help the track temperature. Let's see if it drops down. 118 is where it is at the moment. Multiple track limits for the 96. That's the turn of Motorsport BMW. And that incident with the number 74 Riley car and the number 38, that was the little spin earlier on. That has been reviewed, no further action on that car, on that incident rather. So our very busy race stewards are getting through what's been going out on the track plenty of action for them to look at as well I've got a feeling we are going to see some drive-throughs for track limits there's been plenty of warnings handed out uh, Ricky Taylor leads then by 3.9 seconds from Ollie Jarvis in second it's the 10 from the 60 the two accurate perhaps as expected always seen as a bit of a an accurate track here in terms of the pace but Acura have never won here even the great Penske team Penske accurate didn't win here Renga van der Zander another 1.6 seconds further back for Cadillac Racing number 01 with Chip Ganassi his teammate is another 10 seconds further back that's Alex Zin Lin in the 02 and people to Rani coming back from a one minute stop and hold And his uh, teammate blew the red light. Wheel and Engineering Racing, number 31, 
in fifth position, 20 seconds away from the lead. Richard Westbrook, 38 seconds away from the lead for JDC Miller Motorsports, the dark grey and gold car. And Mike Rockenfeller is another 25 seconds further back from that in seventh position. But all the cars in DPI, in fact, all the cars down to 13th position are still on the lead lap. 13th would be Jonathan Bomarino, the sixth place car. PR1 Matheson Motorsport, that number 11. That is the sixth place car in LMP2. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch and trailing ahead, we've got Michelin post race tech coming. Once the chequered flag has fallen, that'll be exclusively live on RS2 IMSA Radio. So we have had a decent amount of green flag running and some green flag pit stops as well. And this is I think this is the longest green flag we've had. Yes, it is. We're by a long way. Yeah. yeah. This is what we like to see: the balance being set we've got all the dpis ahead of most of the lmp2s ahead of most of the lmp3s then gdd pro gtd is the usual dog fight aston martin and mercedes at the front of the field GTD, Marvin Deans for Winwood, number 57. It's rather stealth there, way to the front of the field there, but it's been good work by the Techamit sponsored number 57 car. Got the heart of racing, Aston Martin with Max Martin, Maxime Martin, the number 27 for company, about a second and a half. And in the pro category, it's still the Vassar Sullivan Lexus ahead of Corvette Racing. As Jordan Taylor just goes into second place ahead of David e. Regon for Racing Competizione. Corvette. Not qualifying too well, 16th, or sorry, 14th in the GT category. And, ah, and there is the first drive-through. I said earlier on that Corvette had been rather, uh, rather remiss on the track limit kind of things. And they are going to get a drive-through penalty. So that number three, Jordan Taylor, finally has attracted the attention once too often of race control, having just taken a position from Davide Regon. And in the second place, Regon Farisi down to third, still the Lexus 11 seconds up the road, but it will be a drive-through penalty for multiple track limits violations. The race control patience has finally run out. Yeah, very interesting because the, the, the Corvette had been holding off that Ferrari for a long, long, long time uh, and it was running wide on the track limits in order to maintain that position, John. That is why the penalty was, was caused because he had to run off the track all the time to maintain that position. This, that was the, the view of race control. Got you. Understood. So gaining advantage is what we're seeing there, Jeremy. It's not just about going off track and he's done it again at turn one. So using more than the track to gain advantage. Hello to Chris Sutu. 
and to dear Volcock, both enjoying the comments of Philippe Albuquerque. Dave saying found his comments on the lateral G-first and thermal challenges interesting. I would have thought Daytona or the carousel at Road America will pull higher G's. New surface here, I think, John. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, of course, Road America is due to be resurfaced uh, next winter as well. I'll tell you oh, what. Oh, really? Yeah, when we get My back goodness. there, uh, they've, they've just done some amazing improvements to that racetrack over the last several years, continuing to plough back the uh, the money into the racetrack. It's a fabulous facility. It always was tremendous, but uh, the spe for spectators now, it's even better. I mean, all the campsites... All the, all the toilets, all they're all new. Did you new there was fencing, a new bridge new by the carousel as well. Yeah, they've replaced that bridge. Yeah, it's now a two-lane bridge ah. and room for also for pedestrians on either side. Brilliant. So, yeah, brilliant stuff. So drive-through penalty for the second-place GTD Pro Car for continually going off track. Turn eight, one of the places that has been monitored. Uh, and basically taking an advantage by going outside of the white line on the circuit. The white line is beyond the kerb. The kerbs form part of the track. The Ferrari just about keeping the right side. Michelin's on on the shot we've just seen, but that's one of many times that race control have been watching this. Correct, and there would have been a warning before that penalty. Oh, there was. Yeah, there exactly. Was. There yeah. was a warning quite some time ago. Yeah. I remember talking about it and mentioning that they'd had laps deleted. That's right. Uh, from uh, the, uh, from the, Brent Barnicut comes in then. Uh, in the Lexus RCF GT3, that is the lead car. So that has promoted the penalty uh, the car that will have to serve the penalty, the Corvette, into the lead. It's going to be four brand-new Michelin tyres onto the number 14 Lexus. This is the lead GTD Pro car. They're waiting on the fuel, waiting for the fuel, excuse me, the VP Racing fuel going in. 12 minutes to points for Michelin Endurance Cup. Passenger door open. Probably changing a drinks bottle there, maybe doing some other work. Uh, data stick as well on that side of the car. Door is closed, hose is out, car is gone. Simple as that. And out through the... It was Kyle Kirkwood, by the way, that took over that car from Ben Barnegat. I saw Ben jump out. Ben's been in since the, the start of the race. Kyle Kirkwood, who won the race for them at, uh, at Detroit with two phenomenal laps before the pit stops and was absolutely superb. Uh, another warning, this time for car 42. And this is, again, this will be the final warning for track limits violations. And uh, therefore, next time it will be a drive-through for that number 42, uh, which is the uh, 42 is the NTE SSR. Here comes the Corvette for its drive-through. Let's go to Joe Bradley, who has Davide Regon recently out of the Risi Competizione number 62. Davide just wiping the sweat away. Obviously, these GT cars very, very hot inside of those GT cars. Davide, how is the race going for the Risi Ferrari? Yeah, actually, yeah, quite hot in there, uh, but uh, there was a lot of safety cars, so it was not that bad. Uh, the car is going very well, uh, very good balance, but uh, we're uh, not so fast on the first sector, so actually it's difficult to overtake and to defend, but uh, 
we, when we are alone, we, are, uh, we have a good, very good pace. And I take it you will get in, back in the car before the end? Yeah, it should be now. I need to speak with my engineer, but now it's the turn of Daniel that uh, he will push maximum. The tyres lasting well, it's very, but the track temperature is really high, not quite the highest we've seen all weekend. But how are the tyres faring up? Yeah, yeah, well, the tyre was good uh, until the end, uh, just at the last few laps, I was start to struggling a little bit. But looks like uh, we, we managed better the tyre than the other car, so we're pretty happy about the managing tyres. Thank you, David. Jeremy, you were saying that the Corvette would have had a warning. Two minutes past the hour, I've just gone back. It, it, it had the warning. I remember talking about it. That was a while ago, yeah. So that was some 26, 27 minutes ago, uh, and they've continued to offend. Yeah. Meantime, uh, not offending the eye at all no. at the front of LMP2. Cracking racing going on yeah. uh, between Dragon Speed uh, and Anders Fjordback and the... the High-class racing yep. car, PR1 Matheson Motorsport. Yeah, Fjordback took took the lead, uh, what, 10, 10 or 11 laps ago now, but he's still only a second or so ahead of Montoya, who has been uh, hassled by Michael Jensen and Guido van der Gardner. So the top four cars there in LMP2 separated by less than two seconds uh, on this lap. Uh, Louis Delatras has turned some quick laps. He's next up in line in the number eight for Tamos, but here's another pit stop for what is now the GTD Pro leader, Maddie Campbell, in car number nine. And that is a changeover. Driver out, Matthew Campbell. And now, who is jumping into the number nine, I think? Uh, that is, oh, it has to be Matthew Jammon here. There's only the pair of them, isn't it? So. Uh, don't know why it took me that long. Thanks to Austin from McLaren, Philadelphia, for the uh, liquid refreshment. And I promise you, it is only iced water. Two McLarens in this race. So they'll be being cheered on from our guests in the studio at the moment. Just having a little bit of a watch of us doing our work. McLaren of Philadelphia, you will know, are great supporters of IMSA Racing and tweet an awful lot. You're not following them, you should be. In fact, one of their Ferrari of Philadelphia technicians was working at Le Mans a couple of weeks ago, was taken over by one of the teams to engineer one of the cars and absolutely hated it. And when he came back, said, no, oh, nobody else should go. It's terrible. It will be awful. Don't send anybody else. If anybody has to go, I will do it. You know, I'll take one for the team. Sure, that was the story when he got back. Good to see the uh, involvement that the McLaren dealers have have brought uh, into this uh, this championship. And uh, Reid Atherton, who looks after the motorsport for McLaren here in the US. Uh, let's go down to Joe Bradley, who's at Dragon Speed. So, Elton, um, what on earth have you guys done to get that Dragon Speed car back into contention? You want me to tell you what I just told you? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we lost the wheel, yeah. and that put us out of sync. And so you're out of sync, but you're back in there. Yeah, in a funny way that allowed us to take the next safety and get Henrik to the end of his run. So the other ones took a lot of penalties. They made a lot of mistakes as well. So they also gifted it back. That's what it is. Ellen Julian there, team principal at Dragon Speed there, and that's the car that lost the wheel earlier. One uh, problem with Toyo at the wheel of that car at the moment. Uh, and your drama for the 
number 10 car as Ricky Taylor is back in the pit lane uh, from the car that was leading the race and that's early as a big spin no, from the, it, uh, is it on time Jeremy well yeah it is because uh, I think they gambled on there being another caution period yeah oh yes uh, because we were expecting them off. to stay out to the, yeah. to the three hour mark exactly I talked about that it hasn't paid off because they've had to come in with uh, just what four seven minutes where are we two hours 53 seven minutes remaining in this race i thought it was too early af Corsa with a right rear yeah. puncture on the 21 car and a big spin for the right car was there a coming together there yes there was at turn number eight so the right car spun around by the af Corsa number 21 the 16 getting pointed in the right direction if you'll pardon the pun reasonably quickly uh, but the little tag from the Ferrari as the uh, from the Porsche as it was spinning has done some damage and that incident will be looked at uh, in the stewards room the uh, number 16 has recovered yes it has and it's gone through to start another lap that was Zach Robichon and the number 21 was Tony Vlander behind the wheel a very experienced Nordic driver and I think the suspension damage on the back of that that was the end of the incident so the gamble that Jeremy said oh, they're going to be doing well to get the three hours for the number 10 wheeling uh, the number 10 Connick and Minolka accurate for Ricky Taylor and has not paid off and they've dropped down to fifth Ollie Jarvis leads by three quarters of a second with Renga van der Zander in the 0-1 been taking over from yeah. Sebastian Bordet and then Alex Linz another 20 seconds further back and here's that uh, incident again that I just described for you Tony Vlander up the inside turns around the 16 and then gets tagged as the 16 was spinning and a McLaren spin as well from 11th position the number 59 11th in class for John Miller and the crucial motorsport car that's the metallic copper coloured machine I don't think he's got any damage on that. Oh, he's weaving it around. Maybe he has. Is there a problem on the left-hand side? Now, did he jump or was he pushed? No, nope, he was pushed. That was another Ferrari trying to force its way through. This time it was the Chetelar 47. The Ferraris have all gone a bit bonkers at the moment. Antonio Fuerco, as the Tony Vlander 21 EF Corsa car, is on its dolly jacks and pushed behind the wall. Not a good few minutes for Ferrari. I think Vlander will get a penalty for that, and I think Fuoco too is, will as well. And yes, already come up. Incident responsibility, turning round the 16. It will be a drive-through if and when that AF Corsa comes back. Tony Vlander judged to be the aggressor there, and I think Antonio Fuoco will get the same treatment. Joe Bradley down at the... Number 10, Conningham and the Wayne Taylor Racing Cadillac. They were gambling, Joe, on going to the three-hour mark, I'm pretty certain. Uh, and it hasn't paid off for them. Yeah, I think you're right there, John, because uh, just ask Wayne Taylor, and he's a very good poker player, remember. Um, and he tells me that this is all to do with their strategy and their fueling, and they've needed fueling, and their rear tyres. Um, some blisters beginning to develop on the inside edge of those rears as they came off. So this is perfectly on... on with their strategy it's just unfortunate that they've missed out going to the half distance
Oh, really? Okay. Kyle Tilly's just got a board. Well, sorry, I missed that. What, what he said they were perfect. Wayne Tiller says they were perfectly on strategy. They were worried about a little bit of blistering on the rear tyres. No. no, sorry. Not going to go for that one. No, I agree. I think they've uh, slightly miscalculated that. I mean, that was way early. Uh, 47 minutes is, is a real stretch. Um, I, well, I'm, 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 not, I'm not, certainly not going to call Wayne a liar. Uh, because I've known him for too long, but um, that was 25. I mean, um, he was turning consistent lap times that were, you know, way slower than he'd been going before. Let me put it that way. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I think he was trying to stretch the fuel. It was, 20, it was 25 laps uh, of full green and 39 minutes only that they got out of that car, and they came in with what did you say, 47 minutes to go? Uh, yes. They came in after 2 hours and 13 minutes, so yes, yeah, so 47 minutes to go, which is a real stretch in these cars. I mean, the surprising thing was the, the next car didn't come in for another six laps, uh, and then they all kind of came in together, uh, the rest of the, uh, the, the leaders. So, yeah, that was, I think that was way too early. I think they were gambling on there being another yellow. I really do. Yeah, me too. Uh, back at the infield paddock for the number 66, Gradient Racing, NSX, wow, it's been a tough weekend for their engineers. A turbocharger being changed on that car. Uh, and the number 47, Antonio Forco, incident responsibility with the McLaren. That'll be a drive-through, so two incidents with Ferraris, two penalties for Ferraris in the last few minutes. 33 seconds to the three-hour mark. And... Therefore, the next lap after that will be when the points are awarded. Right, Motorsports just tweeting, Zach Robichon clipped and spun by a Ferrari. Slight vibration, but the car okay. Well, that's good news. Forco will have to come in, and the blue and green Chetela Ferrari. This is one of the cars that is with us for this event because it is a Michelin Endurance Cup machine came from a very long way back at turn eight and was barely, uh, was halfway down the car, but halfway down is not far, not far enough down uh, when you're getting uh, a right-hander coming up and Antonio Forkwell then will need the drive-through. Now, if he's got any sense at all, he will stay out until the third lap when he has to come in because at the moment... Well, he's sitting in 11th, so he's not getting great mission. In fact, you don't get any um, endurance cup points for being 11th, do you? No, you only get you only get it for top three. Effectively, yeah. it's five, four, three, and everybody else gets two. Right. So it's so only it the top matter. three that score more than anybody else. So it doesn't matter whether he takes that penalty or no, not. No, doesn't. Doesn't matter whether he's you know, fourth or 108th. So in, into the second half of the race now, and we'll wait for the bulletin that comes out to tell you who's got what in terms of the points. Into the inner loop, high-class racing and dragon speed, and high-class defending at the moment, the number 20. This is the battle at the sharp end of uh, LMP2. And... And as for your back as Juan Pablo Montoya right up his rear aerofoil. As he is trying to defend that lead at the front of the field, Ollie Jarvis is still just three quarters of a second 
ahead of Cadillac Racing's Renger van der Zander. And closing in a little bit on the leaders, Alex Leone. He was 20 seconds back, not too far ago. He's taken about a second and a half, two seconds out of them. Forecourt into the pit lane for Chetelar. This is the drive-through for the contact. Incident responsibility. Remember, Tony Vlander has been assessed the same penalty, but that car behind the wall with broken right rear suspension after that incident with Wright. So when do we expect those leading cars into the pit lane? Uh, Oli Jarvis has been out there. This is his 20th lap. 22 laps for Renga van der Zander. 22 laps up. Yeah, I think 24 laps is uh, would be. It's about there. Yeah, I think so. So the five, the five car I would expect to be the first to come onto uh, pit lane. And that is actually just done now, 24. So uh, yeah, 20, 20, between 24 and 27, I think, is uh, would be the, from the information that I have. Was that a replay? Was that the same as happened uh, a couple of laps lap ago? It's lap after lap, <laughs> isn't it? And this time, Montoya does get the rub of the green from the traffic and goes through and takes the lead. And sitting right in behind is the wins car. That's the third place machine, the 52, Mikkel Jensen. And he's not quite able to take advantage, but Juan Pablo Montoya, wily old fox that he is, started racing. First race here almost 30 years ago. Meantime in the pit lane, Pipo Durrani, out of the 31 wheel and engineering car and full service for that machine. And driver change as well for the number 31. So that will be, well, I was going to say, surprised that people, I mean, it tells you how hot it is, Jeremy, when people's not doing a double stint, like Conway getting into that car for his first run at it. That does tell you how gruelling it is, people's normally up for a challenge. So with those maximum points at the three-hour mark, unofficially, the, the uh, Kerbag Ajanian car, car number 60, uh, that one, of course, at Daytona will now have 26 points. The uh, number five car, which was leading coming into this weekend by two points over number 31 and number 10, will have uh, 26 points as well. And the number 31 and number 10, uh, with the gamble not paying off for number 10 or a problem, whatever, uh, it, they have uh, uh, 24 points now, so they remain two points behind a lead, but they've dropped from second and third to third and fourth in the points. Right. Thank you for keeping us uh, abreast of that. Tony Fuoco using the indicator there, and now he's back with the McLaren. The same McLaren that he nerfed out the way earlier on, just getting out the way of Juan Montoya, uh, and this time he manages to make the pass on the metallic copper number 59 uh, without any contact and so goes through of course has lost a lot of ground there here comes the number 60 ollie jarvis the leader into the pit lane for richard westbrook at jdc miller motorsports and as jeremy mentioned he expected about uh, 24 well that's actually 26 laps for Westy. yeah 41 minutes he was out on the track 
And the 31 car was in a lap ago. That did uh, 23 laps on this stint. Yeah, that was people getting out of that car. Mike Conway uh, getting in. Let's see, did, did, did I miss people doing a double stint? Because I'm really quite surprised if he didn't. Things are going by so quickly. Yes, he did. He did 27, 28 laps in in total. I remember he, they had that uh, extra pit stop that they actually got them a penalty. In for the number one car, Renga van der Zander. And full service there as well. Ah, mistake. Mistake for the 0-1 car. They've dropped the car and the left front is not on. It has to be lifted up again. But I don't think it's cost them any time because the fuel hose was still in. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Also, inception number 70, McLaren into the pit lane. And that car just waiting for fuel. It's the Brendan Array, Bolly Milroy and Jordan Pepper car. Yeah which was, uh, again, running on a different strategy to everybody else, like it was at uh, Mid-Ohio, where it uh, had some remarkable fuel economy. Uh, and again, it, it suck it up into second position. It was running there for a long, long time before making this pit stop. In fact, it, was, it would have been leading in GTD regular. It, into the pits, Juan Montoya in the number 81 Flexbox sponsored Dragon Speed from the lead of the class and uh, this will be a driver change as well Juan out and new set of Michelins going on they did look brand new on that car very sensibly the incoming driver hasn't closed the door yet in fact they've opened both doors on that car you don't always see that just to get a bit of a breeze through the car just before the car dropped and there's a couple of three or four seconds before the engine fires and it runs back out again and it drops in behind the high class car which has jumped them back in the pit lane so that is position gained for high class as they leave with Anders Fjordbach still on board at Sebastian Montoya who took over from his dad but that little stutter when the car either wouldn't fire or wouldn't go into gear has just cost them that position. Now they've dropped down. Now have they dropped down? Or are they still first and second? Did Louis Delatraz go through? I'll have to see them come through the next timing line. I think that's... Uh, I think that was a pass for the lead, the effective lead, certainly, in the pit stop. That little foobar from the 0-1 Cadillac. The wheel didn't quite go on, and then it, the car was dropped. But I don't think that cost them any time at all, because the fuel hose was still attached. And, in fact, Renga van der Zander is still ahead of Alex Lind, his teammate. Jarvis from Taylor by a minute now. So Ollie Jarvis, who is yet to make the pit stop that everyone else has just made, if that makes any sense. So Ricky Taylor is, is miles off strategy for everybody else. 
He's uh, 10 laps into his stint when everyone else has either come to an end of theirs or just about to. I reckon Oli Jarvis will be in. He did 30 laps on his previous stint, but I think that had a bit of yellow in it. Yes, it did. This has been an all-green stint. Expect to see him in next time around. Can How quickly can they turn that car around? And where will Ricky Taylor be? He'll go through. Let's go down to Joe Bradley in the pit lane with Heart of Racing. In from second place in GTD Pro, number 23, Aston Martin. And there's no driving change going on here. Just fueling tyres. And it's just coming to the end of the pit stop. The fueling, as we say, the pit stop time is restricted by the fueling. Everything can be done, driver change, tyres, whatever. The 23, though, hasn't bothered changing the driver, just the tyres. Fueling still going on. Large tanks on these GTD cars. This, and we've got the number 60 in, further down pit road, John. That's from the Lady DPIs. And we've also got the 54 Core Autosport LMP3 machine in. This is George Kurtz getting out. John Bennett's done his time. And now it is time for Colin Brown. So stand back from the fences, ladies and gents. Meantime, with the leader, that was full service for the number 60 Sirius XM Acura. Waiting, waiting. Ollie Jarvis, that would have been the end of his 24th lap, 25th lap. And out he goes, spot on time for that, Jeremy. You happy with that? Yep, 25 laps, absolutely right. And uh, he came in, two, three, uh, as on the previous sequence, three laps after the two Ganassi Cadillac racing entries. So let's have a quick look at uh, how things... That, is that, that's a full set of pit stops then, Jeremy, for the, for the DPIs now. Correct. So Ricky Taylor will go back through to the lead. Yep. And yeah, he I, it'll be uh, it'll be fairly close. Uh, I'd like to see where he comes out actually on the racetrack, but um, because uh, but of course the number ten car is fully up to speed now on hot tyres, whereas the yeah, cold tyres number sixty. The sixty is is uh, has just dropped in behind. They're just heading uh, through turn six now and into turn seven, and it is the ten car that's ahead. So it is the Conic Minolta Acura that leads but not by much. So I, I think that gap's come down a little bit. So I think in many ways it hasn't paid off for Connick and Minolta. They didn't get the points in the uh, Michelin Endurance Cup and they uh, haven't stretched the lead that they had. We'll wait for them to come across the line and I'll, I'm prepared to be proved wrong on that. They're coming through turn number 10 to turn number 11 now. So if we look to our right, we should see the headlights of the blue and black car. And here they come now, in traffic as well. There's the leader, there's the second place car going past us. And the gap between them is what? It is 2.9 seconds. So under three seconds, Jeremy, between the two leaders now. Yeah, and bef before the round of stops, yeah, it was around about the same. It was fluctuating around about three, three to four seconds. So it's really about the same. It, it always fluctuates according to traffic, but uh, no, about, about the same there. The number zero one car, uh, however, has certainly dropped back because that was only a second and a half or so behind a number 60. Now the gap back to third place is 5.7 seconds. The gap back to fourth place, that was about yeah, 16, somewhere between 16 and 20 seconds back to the number zero two car. That again is 20 seconds.
two hours and 45 minutes to go, or 46 minutes to go. We're into the realms of a normal race for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Just, uh, let Jeremy take a quick breather and uh, introduce a guest uh, into the booth. Welcome to Jim Shantz, who is a voice you've heard before with us here uh, on, uh, on uh, IMSA Radio. Was with us uh, a couple of three years ago and uh, glad to have him back in the booth again. In the meantime, Ricky Taylor now down to just 1.5, 1.7 seconds of a lead. Jim, welcome back to Wimsor Radio. Well, thank you, John. This It's good to be back. The last three years have been the season for golden anniversaries. When we were last together, we were celebrating IMSA's organizational golden anniversary. Since that time, we pay tribute to Solar Productions' 50th anniversary, the 1971 release of Steve McQueen's Le Mans. That by which our subconsciouses were forever melded to the pale blue and orange golf colors along with the synonymous association with Le Mans itself. Certainly the, you know, that, that for me is, is one of the moments that I remember in sports car uh, racing when I first saw that. That would have been mid-70s by the time I saw it, mid to late-70s by the time I saw it in a, a school hall in the comprehensive school in Sunderland. Let's go down to shit in the pit lane, Shay. Just re-acclimatizing myself, John, after a brief lunch break, and I come up to the 30, the Junior 3 Racing. This is our LMP3 Championship leader, keep in mind, coming into today's race. Their air jack is not functioning properly, so they have a manual jack prepared on the wall to try and lift the car up that little bit further just to be able to change the rear tires. The fronts come off the ground as they should, but the rears are not even an inch up, so the crew is struggling trying to figure out how to change the rear tires on this car. Now they've loosened them, see if they can pull them off. But this car, which came in from the second position, is going to be having slow pit stops for the remainder of this race. So even though Canadian Garrett Grist has now gotten behind the wheel, he is their gold-rated driver. He's going to have a lot of work to do out on the track to try and get that number two back onto the side of this car. Happened at WRT at Le Mans, uh, not, last, uh, not the last race, but the one before, and they used an airbag underneath uh, the car, if you remember, to get the rear tyres changed. Thank you, Shay. Um, got uh, Jim Shantz in the uh, studio uh, with us. The Le Mans movie, of course, Jim, uh, was what brought a lot of us to the uh, uh, Etruscan orange and sky blue golf cars, and, and there was such a feature here, the John Wire cars at Watkins Glen International. Uh, yes, they were. As a matter of fact, the very same titanic struggle between Ferrari and Porsche in 1970 21 days later, the very same cars and drivers were here in the paddock area for the Watkins Glen six hour. That race won by Pedro Rodriguez and Leo Kinnunen. Oh. Oh. By John Wire's own admission, he said Watkins Glen was their best race of the season. And they didn't fare as well at Le Mans, as you may recall, all of the entire team of the John Wire golf cars were in the hedges by the halfway point. Uh, their pit area was totally abandoned by that time and their presence was marked by three crosses of retirement 
on the horizontal Antar scoring pylon. Just a, a note here for the Andretti car. It's been a really, really tough one for them today. Another penalty. It's a drive through for leaving with pit equipment attached. Is that fourth? They're in fourth position. Um, and remarkably, after all their trials and tribulations, uh, but still, they have uh, yet to be finished with the stewards' room. Um, I picked up the other night a good friend of ours, Jim Roller, who hails from around these parts, Jim, uh, was kind enough to, to bring some fly slot car models up from the late, great Bill Ausler's collection, um, some of the, the, uh, the extras there, and uh, brought some up for Joe Bradley and myself, and knows I'm a Porsche enthusiast. And one of them was uh, uh, the uh, Porsche 911, driven by Michael Kaiser, the Todd Hall car. Of course, that was another great anniversary as well. Yes. This year, we celebrate 50 years of the release of Toad Hall Productions, the Speed Merchants, Michael Kaiser, who traveled. It was an actual documentary that went the entire season of the 1972 World Championship for Makes, which was the first year of the three-liter open cockpit Group 6 formula. And featured in that film were six races, the Daytona, which was a six-hour race that year, the Sebring 12-hour, the Targa Florio, Nürburgring 1,000 kilometers, Le Mans itself, which had the challenge of the John Wire Golf Mirage M8, M6 and M8 cars, as well as Joe Bonnier's yellow Ecurie-equipped Bonnier yellow Lolas. And then, of course, it culminates with the finish here at the Watkins Glen Six Hour, which is a battle between Ferrari's own teams. I, I remember that movie. I've got it on DVD, and I get it out at least once a season, normally just before I go to Sebring in March, because those days, in some ways, things have changed many ways. Some of they haven't. It, it's still the circus coming to town every round, and the camaraderie between the drivers in that paddock it's different now on the racetrack. There's different technologies. But when we all go and eat at the same place and we all end up drinking in the same bars and eating in the same restaurant, to me, that camaraderie still exists in the endurance racing paddock, which it perhaps doesn't in some other world championships. That is the case. The camaraderie, because not only do they compete together, they travel together, they see one another frequently at various hotels and uh, traveling destinations. So it's... Not uncommon for them to be commensurable both at the track and away from the track. And also on that subject, we also pay tribute to the life and career of Victor Henry Elford, known as Vic the Quick because of his single day driving performance at the Nürburgring 1000 kilometers back in 1971. Vic Elford, the great all-rounder. Uh, and, you know, lovely to see people like uh, Sebastian Ogier, Sebastian Loeb before him, Colin McCrea even before that, Rally Star stepping into uh, endurance. Uh, and, and we've got here um, Larice Perez Compank, who's been racing here uh, this weekend as well. But we're never going to see an all rounder like Vic Elford again, are we? Uh, it, that's entirely possible, but remotely so. Yes. Closest we've had is, is Fernando Alonso, of course, who's, who's, you know, done two parts of the Triple Crown. He has crossed the street on occasion, but I think he's found the place where his heart has truly been. He just needed a respite from Formula One, but now he's back in full earnest, producing good results. 
he was he's been brilliant in the last few races jim what, what was what's your earliest memory of being here at watkins glen because you've worked here you've been part of the part of the furniture as we would say for quite a long time i was here for the very first six hour race 1968 and the great lucian bianchi which was he was was co-winner with jackie eeks and under team orders from john wire who told David Hobbs and Paul Hawkins to lap at a two-second deficit to allow the Jackie Eakes, Lucien Bianchi golf car GT40s to take. The, and this, at that time, that race was held before Le Mans. Yes. Because of the 1968 postponement, there was unrest in the country of France, so Le Mans was actually forestalled until September. Yeah. So they were here in July. But that was my first, and of course the helmet turbines were here as well. Helmet TX cars, that we normally see those at Classic Le Mans, which is next weekend. Just a final thought from you, we've got uh, Porsche Team Penske coming back into GTP racing, and it will be known as GTP racing next year. We now know that uh, we'll also have a Porsche customer car, uh, at least one in the hands of JDC Miller Motorsport. New GTP cars from Cadillac, from, from Acura, from BMW. Are we staring at another golden era? If, if, we, if you and I are talking here in another 20 years' time, are we going to be looking back at 2023 as the start of another golden era? Well, I certainly hope we're here in 20 years oh, well, talking I, so, about so this. So do I, yes. But, I hope but, I can get up the stairs because the lift hasn't been working today. But, but with that said, in the mid-1980s, during the IMSA Camel GT era, we had a renaissance of international presence. You had several factory-supported 962s with uh, Al Holbert, Jim Busby, and as well as the Electrodyne Nissans, <laughs> the Group 44 XJR5 Jaguars, and then later on the, the XJ8 when Tom Walkinshaw came in. I think we're approaching another renaissance of stateside sports car racing to that proportion jim it's been lovely to see you again thank you for making the slightly more difficult uh, did you sort of bivouac halfway up the stairs and make a big count there was the lift working again well we made a sprint <laughs> i haven't spent this pandemic downtime i've been working out Thank you, Jim. Jim Shantz, always great to, to speak to him here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Lovely to see you again, sir. Let's head down to the pit lane. We'll start with Shea Adam for a little update on what's been going on down there. With Dakota Dickerson, who's fresh out of the MLT LMP3 machine. Dakota, you said it's busy out there. Even from your perspective, there's a lot going on when it's green. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's plenty of cars out there. The restarts were making it really, really tight, but looks like the race has kind of gotten into a rhythm now. So Tyler's doing a great job watching the 74 car scene when he's going to pit, but we're looking really good. We're feeling confident. Car feels great. So looking forward to the last back end of the race. You and Josh have proven to be a good duo together, running an IPC and then making your debut into this championship. How is Tyler Maxwell fitting into that equation? Yeah, he's doing a great job. It's been a seamless transition for him. He raced for us at uh, an IPC, so he fits really well into the team. Super professional, uh, really young as well, really quick. So we're really happy to have him as a third driver. Looking forward to keeping him on board, hopefully for the rest of the year as well. Good luck today and good luck keeping cool, more importantly. Awesome, thank you. Uh, just noticed the number 12, the Vassar Sullivan Lexus, came in a short while ago for a scheduled stop. However, 
they soaked up a lot more time than they would have liked and there was consternation on the face of the crew it was something to do with what was it, something inside of the car i suspect it was a replenishment of a drinks bottle they couldn't quite get to seat or something along those lines from what i could gather however it may have cost them a lot of time in the pits and that's going to reflect out on track the other thing i've noticed is um i mentioned I mentioned earlier that there was some blistering on the inside edge of the tyres that came off. I think it was the uh, the Wayne Taylor car. Um, yeah, the number 10. Um, well, that's pretty much the, the form all the way down the, uh, the pit lane in the DPI classes. And it's a very, very thin streak of blistering right on the inside edge of these rear tyres. And of course, with the camber of the tyres, that's the inside edge that's doing all of the work on the straights and with a track temperature of 120 plus then you can understand why drivers not complaining about tyre performance um they seem to be at ease with that but um stretching these tyres i think is part of the into the pit lane for the Paul Miller BMW. It came in with the number one on the side because that's its car number and that was its track position. Madison Snow brought it in. Brian Sellers takes it out for new Michelin tires and a lot of fuel. And I've been informed that the air conditioning is no longer functioning in that BMW. So what was once a very comfortable car to drive is now hot, hot, hot. Uh, which was a big hit for Arrow back in the 1980s. Um, somewhere I have that on 12 inch vinyl. The Track uh, temperature 120 degrees Fahrenheit, 49 Celsius, 30 Celsius in the air or 86 Fahrenheit. Number 42 just being assessed a penalty. In fact, it's just served the penalty for well, that. Presumably, was the NTESSR car. Yes, it was for uh, again multiple breaches of uh, track limit etiquette. So at the front of the field with uh, another half hour of racing almost complete. Ricky Taylor leads by the scant 1.7 seconds over Ollie Jarvis, the two Acuras, number 10 and 30. The blue and black leader and the pink and white in second. Then about 11 and a half seconds to Renga van der Zander in the 0-1, that's the white and black Cadillac from Chip Ganassi Racing. The 0-2 is the black and dark red car that's Alex Lynn he's about another 22 and a half seconds further back in fifth it's wheel and engineering the 31 red and white Cadillac seven seconds back from Mike Conway or for Mike Conway should I say Richard Westbrook another half minute further back for JDC that's the uh, grey and gold number five and can we Kobayashi for Ally Cadillac is another four and a half seconds uh, further back, that's your top seven within a minute and 20 seconds. And as Fjordback leads uh, in the LMP2 category by just on a second, second and a half from Sebastian Montoya, 20 from 81, high class from Dragon Speed, red and white from the uh, Evil Knievel sort of uh, colour scheme, the white with the uh, Knievel stripes on it. Then it's Tower Motorsport, another four seconds further back for Louis Delatraz, the number eight car. It's the black and orange car. Racing Team Netherlands, that's the blue and yellow car, Guido van der Garde. Just another two seconds further back. Uh, and then five seconds back from fourth in fifth position, the two PR1 Matheson cars, Scott Huffaker in the 52, that was the Paul sitting car. And another 46 seconds back, Jonathan Bomarito uh, in the number 11, another PR1 car. Tal Killy. Kyle Tilly is the era motorsport driver just coming out of the pits in seventh position. In LMP3, Kai van Berlo leads for Riley Motorsport from LM, 
MLT Motorsport and Junior 3 Motorsport, 74, 58 and 30. GTD Pro versus Sullivan for Lexus is ahead of Daniel Surra for Risi Competizione by just under two seconds. Faf Motorsport and Baccia Jamine, Jam Jam, it's another 1.5 seconds further back. Marvin Dietz leads the GTD category for Winwood Racing. As I, say, I said before, when we were doing one of these VP Racing Fuel in-race updates, they kind of stealthed up to the lead, but they've been holding that lead and still hold it at the moment by about eight seconds uh, from Roman de Angelis for Heart of Racing's Aston Martin GT3. And it's a second Aston Martin in third position. Behind the 27 is the number 44, the Aston Martin Vantage of Magnus Racing and Spencer Pumpelli. That's your update from VP Racing Fuels in-race update with two hours and 30 minutes still to go here at Watkins Glen from the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre around the US on Sirius 207, around the world on RS2 IMSA Radio via imsaradio.com and in sound and vision as well for those of you outside the US. Just click the live video tab on the top left of imsaradio.com. Lovely to have your company. In the pit lane, Jeremy is uh, uh, joining me, Jeremy Shaw and... Me and Jeremy Shaw in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre in the pit lane is Shea, Adam and Joe Bradley. And with another half an hour of racing completed, it is still very tight, Jeremy, at the front of the field. Top three within 10 seconds in TPI. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not a lot of change. Number the 01 car has uh, yeah, lost a little bit of ground to the, the two Acuras in this stint, but, but really not very much. Nothing really has changed up towards the front there. The only interesting thing is perhaps, or the most interesting thing perhaps, is that number 48 car, Kamui Kobayashi, now at the wheel of that car, having taken over from, well, he's driving that car, he's, he's now, he took, he took it from Rocky, Rocky drove it last, Mike Rockenfeller. He is closed now to within 3.4 seconds of Richard Westbrook, so he's definitely closing that gap between the number 48 and number 5 quite significantly. In fact, over the course of the last 10 laps, the gap has come down by about 12 seconds. Uh, Kobayashi catching Westbrook. Uh, the uh, we just saw a pit stop, didn't we, for the number zero, for the number one car that was leading GTD. Um, so that has fallen back, kind of down the order as that whole thing is shuffling around again. Number fourteen car back into the lead of GTD Pro and, G and yeah, of all the GTD cars. Uh, and as far as the front of the field is concerned, we'll see Ricky Taylor in probably next time around. And remember, they are off kilter as far as their pit stop strategy is concerned. So the number 10, Conning and Minolta Acura, should be in next time around. Uh, there are about nine, almost ten laps off strategy, depending on whether you're counting from the start of the stint or the, the end of the stint. On his 25th lap uh, at the moment, and it was 25 laps that they did last time before they came into the pit. So keep an eye open for that number 10 coming down pit road. And then, of course, we'll start the cycle where Ollie Jarvis will lead the motor race uh, for a wee while before he pits. Uh, and he and uh, Renga van der Zander will, will pit out of third and drop back. He and Alex Lynn are on the same pit strategy. So Ollie Jarvis at the moment, I've got to kind of work this backwards, but I, I think the 60 Acura is in the in the best position at the moment in terms of how they're going towards the end of the race. We've got two hours and 30 minutes, let's say, to go when Ricky Taylor pits. He's getting about, 40, let's call it 40 minutes. So that's 100, 
120, 140 minutes. So it's, ne it's not an exact number for them. So they might have to splash at the end or cool. take their advantage. I'm impressed. The, if you can figure that that far ahead, I am seriously impressed without a computer. Wow. Oh, yeah. That is awesome. But, I mean, it's neck and neck between those two, no yeah, doubt yeah. about it. Uh, and that strategy you know, could could or not bite them in, bite them in the backside later on. Should we look through the, Emmy, M, the Michelin Endurance yes. Cup points? So now we official. Yeah. Now, yeah, well, no, they're not official because the, that, that waits till the end of the race. Okay. But at least unofficially from the uh, bulletin issued by IMSA, uh, as we talked about in, in DPI now, there'll be a, a tie at the top between the number five and the number 60 cars. Jeremy, just one second, because yep. the lead is about to change. Traffic has held up the number 10 of Ricky Taylor and straight there like a rat up a drain pipe. Ollie Jarvis is right there. Now, the number 10 car's coming into the Whoop. pits anywhere yep. this time round. Spot on uh, from our calculations, but he nearly lost the lead on the in-lap. And that is going to be a slow lap coming into the pit lane uh, for Ricky Taylor when he wanted a quick lap. And now that has released... Ollie Jarvis, and he'll be out there now for another 10 laps. So he gets 10 laps in the lead before he has to pit again. So this is where he wants a nice, clean run uh, to try and build up space or a very, a very quick yellow flag so he can get in and out before that number 10 car gets by him. So 26 laps on this stint then for number 10 car. It was 25 on the last one. That still wouldn't have been enough to get into that three-hour mark. Yes, so good point. When he talked about the 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 the, uh, the outer strategy, was he talking about the previous stop where they had a tire going down? Must have been. Yeah, ah, must okay. have been. In that case, fine. Uh, must have been. I did, that kind of just thought just struck me now. But yeah, I, good it point. It didn't at the time. It, it was in, in fairness, it wasn't clear. From, uh, mm. from from the interview, as you see it. Out goes the number 10, Conic Minolta, accurate. The DPI back on track. Jeremy, we interrupted you doing the the points from the bulletin. True. Uh, so uh, that, that was DPI, in e, the, the elite tie for the lead between number five and number 60. In LMP2, uh, the uh, no, well, the, the number 52 car had a one point advantage over number 29. Uh, they finished, uh, well, the number 52 car finished third, so they will extend that by one point, so a two-point edge now for number 52 over the 29, in, which is PR1, Matheson Motorsports over Racing Team Netherlands. In, uh, in LMP3, the number 33 car led by two points over the number 74 coming into this round, and they were well clear of everybody else. They are now tied for the lead because the Riley Motorsports car finished second in the points at that three-hour mark, and number 33 car was outside the top three. So 29 points each for number 33 Storm Creech Motorsports and number 74 Riley Motorsports. GTD Pro, the uh, lead hasn't really changed at all. The Corvette had a four-point edge over everybody else, and uh, nobody else made significant gains, so it remains four points clear of number nine and a number 62. In GTD, there has been a change because Inception Racing was out front when the three-hour mark came around. It was tied in the points lead with number 21 that had the problem earlier on. So number 70 car, Inception Racing McLaren, will now lead the GTD Michelin Endurance Cup uh, at this stage in the season. 
It'll have 27 points to 24 of number 21 car. Here's a tight battle down into turn one with number 81 car defending robustly there over Louis Delatras. It's Sebastian Montoya for Dragon Speed and Louis Delatras who was trying to make a move on the inside and he was kind of dissuaded Ooh, from doing so by Sebastian Montoya. That's one of my biggest pet hates in motorsport, pushing someone towards the pit wall. Really don't like that at all. Uh, there's not anybody on that outside pit wall here, which there would be in Europe, but even so, don't like to see that. And, and that's right on the very edge of ac ac uh, of, of uh, acceptability there for me. And Sebastian needs to wash himself there, because that was a move in response to something that was going on. Yeah. And I think they'll be looking at that up on uh, our left. Uh, Joe Bradley is down in the pit lane, down at the... Which pit are you at, Joe? I'm at the number 10, Cunningham and Halter pit, where I've got a chance to speak to Ricky Taylor, who's still sweating after getting out of the car. Uh, Ricky, you guys are making this very exciting for us with this out-of-sync strategy that you guys are on. Yeah, it, I'm glad it's exciting for you. <laughs> but it's all for you. It's a little stressful. Um, yeah, there's a window now that, you know, either we can get lucky or they can get lucky with a yellow and jump to the front and kind of solidify with either strategy. It's kind of nice that we're on our own thing because it means if we get our way, we're the leader, uh, clearly. Um, but there's quite a big window for them. So at the moment, my last stint was trying to save, save a lap of fuel just to, just to open up our lucky window, if you will. And, uh, and give ourselves a better chance at, at beating them out. Would a long yellow period spoil the party for you? Uh, it depends when it falls. If it falls, uh, if it falls right now between the time when we pit and they pit, perfect for us. Um, we'll pit with them and jump to the front. Uh, if it falls after they pit, locks them in as the leaders and we'll be kind of the last of the DPIs. So we hope for it between now and when they pit or no yellows. I noticed, uh, I've been thinking it was rear tyres that were blistering, but the front tyres on your car, the inner edge, was the performance lacking at all? Yeah, I, th I think partly also due to, to saving fuel. Um, changes the balance of the car, everything gets a bit cold. Um, but yeah, we're, we're struggling with a bit understeer. As it gets hotter, the track goes to a bit more of that balance. So we're making adjustments as we go. Still a long way to go. Thank you, man. Thanks. Yeah, very good stuff uh, from the guys. And it's going to be... They are in a very good position, there's no doubt, but uh, the fall of a safety car, and that's very much the roll of the dice here, isn't it? Two hours and 20 minutes to go on that incident involving Sebastian Montoya. It says 82, it means number eight, uh, yeah. 81 and eight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was the, the number eight car that was pushed towards the pit yeah. wall. That, that is being looked at. Yeah, and that was the battle for the lead because number yes, 20 was. car... Uh, for uh, high, class, yeah. high class race, it was in, in to make its pit stop in the previous lap. So Anders Fjordback has rejoined uh, some distance behind him, but he had been leading up until then. It's Jeremy Shaw. I'm John Hindorf. We're in the Hagney Global Broadcast Centre. Thanks for your company this afternoon or this evening. Uh, 20 past eight in Central Europe. Very hot in Germany. I'm hearing at the moment. Hello, Ollie. Hello from hot Germany to hot Watkins Glen. Hot, hot and hot. Certainly is. And plenty of action to keep things warm on the track as well, with Ollie Jarvis leaving by, leading by about six and a half seconds. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us. And don't forget, in about two and a half hours' time, although the chequered flag will have fallen and ended the race, we'll be starting Michelin Post Race Tech. It's where you get to set the agenda 
with your comments, questions or points arising from anything you've seen today or across this IMSA weekend. On Twitter, please, hashtag MichelinPRT at IMSA Radio. Bit of damage to the right rear of the number five, Richard Westbrook, JDC Miller Motorsports car. Looks like he, he has uh, had someone run up the back of him and that someone was, oh no, it was him muscling his way past one of the LMP3 cars. That looked like one of the decanes that he was going by. Um, and that uh, is what's caused that. And Joe Bradley is down at that pit. Have they got bodywork ready for that uh, number five car, Joe? Yeah, they certainly have. Just noticed a, a kind of a dynamic sort of activity at the number five Mustang sampling pit as I walk by. The rear deck's being brought out. That's going to be replaced straight away when the car comes in. I'm not sure how scheduled this stop is or whether it's in reaction to that damage, but the car, I think that the car may even be on pit road now. I can't quite see because I'm back in the box. So it's on pit road, yeah, it pulls up just in front of us. The team go to work and do what's required with regards to the service, which includes the driver. So a driver change going on now, fueling and tyres already on. And now the rear deck comes over the wall. Once the team have put the tyres on, then they'll go to work. And you can see the rear deck and the right-hand rear corner have been pulled from the clip. So now then, the question is, is that clip damaged? Because the new deck is reliant upon that. And it looks to me as though it's going to have to be a whole new... So the engine cover, where the clip attaches to for the rear deck, is damaged also. And a little bit... Oh, they're choosing to do some work on the... Uh, ah, it's the rear deck, yeah. So, so damage repair job on the number five. Racing Team Nederland was just in Guido van der Garde getting out of the car and it'll make Jeremy Shaw very happy to know that Dylan Murray is back in because he put a show on a little bit earlier on. Fuel and four new Michelin tires is also into the pit lane and also on Joe's end. The 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac and the 52 PR1 Matheson LMP2. Thanks to the pit lane team. Beautiful afternoon here, very warm for the Michelin tires. 50 degrees now on track, and that always starts to ring alarm bells for me. That's 122 Fahrenheit, 86 Fahrenheit, or 30 in the air. Two hours and 15 minutes to go, and in GTD, Marvin Beans. Ah, something's just happened on the front straight, and it's the 5.8 slowing down, and has got to turn one, has it? Not quite. And see down there and where has that gone well pit stop still going on in the pit lane and nothing from race control so maybe a spin at the final corner not sure about that but with 2 hours and 15 minutes to go in GTD Pro Kai Kirkwood leads for Vasa Sullivan and Alexis by just a second from Racing Competiciones Daniel Serra so the black and yellow and the red, Lexus and Ferrari pushing on very much indeed at the front of the field with Mathieu Jaminet for Faf Motorsport in third position. I think that was number 40 car in which uh, that came into contact with the, with the number five. Yeah, that car's that been in, it's, it's getting its uh, rear deck changed now. Yes, losing a, a fair bit of time, unfortunately. Uh, it was Richard Westbrook recently out of the car. Joe Bradley is down there. 
Richard just in uh, conference with uh, one of his crew chiefs. We'll find out just exactly what happened. He's already been and explained it to Christian Fittipaldi part of the time. Uh, Richard, what happened there? I don't know. I mean, you can't expect everyone to be fully attention in their mirrors through that S. And yeah, he, he didn't see me, so I was fully past him. And he turned into onto my rear wing, so I was plenty enough past him. But, you know, it happens. You, I needed to take the risk. I had Kamui behind me and Helen P3 hadn't seen me, which is disappointing because I was fully past him. I mean, he hit my rear wing. 95 out of 100 times, that would have worked, you know? Yeah. One of those things. I mean, it's part and parcel of this racing, so listen, I'm, you know, wise enough to know that, you know, it's not the end of the world. Still get back in this. I assume we've lost a lap. Um, all to play for. It was only the bodywork that was damaged. There was no, yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing on it. He just hit my rear wing. So the, 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 the wing end plate. Yeah. Cheers, man. Richard Westbrook uh, down there. The MLT Motorsport car was the car going slow on the front straight. It did get round, but then took the shortcut, uh, which means it will get docked a lap and pulled out right in front of the number 27 Aston Martin racing car. Uh, and when I say right in front, I mean right in front of the to the point where that car, the heart of racing car, had to to swerve. So that's another piece of slightly dozy driving there. Not sure what's the problem with the uh, 58. We'll get a report from our pit lane team in just a moment time. Into the pits for Riley, the number 74. This is one of the cars that has been. Uh, battling at the sharp end of the LMP3 field. In fact, comes in from the lead of that uh, class for Kai van Berlo. And that was fuel, tyres and a driver change as Felipe Fraga has taken the 74 back out. The number one proudly displayed on the side. Oh, this is not looking good for MLT Motorsport. The 58 did come back to the pit lane. It is sitting in its box, both doors open, with the mechanic buried in the passenger side, which is the left side door. Um, huh. Oh, computers coming out over the wall. Headlights were off completely as well. As further down the pit lane, pit stops continue. Zero on Cadillac in from uh, what was second position. Uh, Renga van der Zander bringing that car in. New set of Michelins on there. Earl Bamba has just done the same stop the equivalent stop for Cadillac Racing's number 02 and therefore has already rejoined down and away for the number 01. It goes out through the RF uh, ID readers. Uh, we, we didn't really explain what that were, they were doing there, to be honest. We mentioned them earlier on. There, there is only one car's bit through there. You've got to go through one at a time. Michelin have embedded RFID chips into all of their racing tyres. It's something that they've picked up from... Uh, HGV, heavy goods vehicle, so truck tyres, basically. Uh, and therefore, in the old days, when you used to have to put the chalk markings or the, the white markings on the side of tyres to make sure they were marked and you knew how many t sets of tyres had been used through a race weekend and which cars they were allocated to, all of that now is done by those RFID chips. And so they are red on all four corners of the car as they go out there and that gets sent to Michelin and to race control as well. So there is data as to how old all of these tyres on the track are. And uh, that could be made available. And Michelin do use that, of course, 
when they are developing the new tyres. Meantime, bad news here, Adam, for the uh, MLT car. It's being pushed behind the wall, human power. They plugged the computer in, there was an error message that popped up on the screen. I wasn't able to see what it was before they clicked out of it, but that immediately determined to them that they needed to go behind the wall to fix the problem. Terrible, terrible luck for them. Yeah, they'd uh, already had some strife earlier on in the race. The Faf Matthew Jaminir car in second position, going through turn one at the moment. Second position in its class is Roman De Angelis. Uh, excuse me, has Marvin Deanst for Windward Racing right behind them. And, uh, Marvin Deanst leads GTD, Matthew Jaminir third in GTD Pro. So those two battling for a position on track in terms of 23rd and 24th, but are not in the same part of the GT race. No, but number 57 cars made up a couple of seconds over the last uh, four or five They're laps. They're having a cracking race. On the number nine. Very yeah. quietly, aren't they? Yeah, no, it's, it's a really interesting race. I mean, the Carl Kirkwood leads by not very much in number 14, Lexus over the Matthew Jaminé, uh, uh, Faf, Porsche, in second then Marvin Dietz right there as a GTD leader for for Winwood Racing Roman DeAndre's about another seven seconds back in the next position just looking at the at the leaders now the, that gap between number 60 and number 10 it, it was over 60 66 seconds which should be enough for number 60 car to yeah. make its next stop which I expect to happen in the next lap or two and still maintain the lead over number 10. That was the that is significant. That is the very next question I was going to ask you. Uh, Oli Jarvis on his 25th lap now, so that's one lap further than he went last time. A close call there between the hard point number 99 and the 40 prototype. Was there a little 20, touch there? 25 cars last lap, yeah, you're right. 25 is already done now, yeah, yeah. well. So Oli Jarvis keeping the pace up but still able to uh, eke out an extra lap. So let's see if he comes down the pit lane this time or whether Oli, by some form of alchemy, uh, is turning air into fuel out there. Philippe Albuquerque now 65 and a half seconds behind. Into the pit lane, the number 14. This is the Lexus, the Pro Car. New set of Michelin tyres going on that car. Fuel still going in. Tyre changer on the right front, just having a quick look around. And making sure everybody was aware before he dropped the car. Still waiting on fuel. Still waiting on fuel. And still waiting on fuel. My goodness, this does take a long time to fill, doesn't it? And the moment the fuel probe was out, he was waved out and he's side by side with the windward car coming out the 57 machine. And wasn't able to beat that car out. So how significant will that be then with uh, Phil Ellis? Just have, no, that wasn't the, uh, the windward car then, was it? How close were they when they came back out? Check that for you. And I next see those two cars what was the question together. Another off-track moment with a bit of a pass on the grass for the Team Netherlands car a moment or two ago, just coming out of the... It was... 
are coming out at the top of the S's. Just trying to work out which uh, AMG has just been into the pits and came out. It was Winwood, was it? Ah, of course. Ah, that it was the Winwood car. Philip Ellis then uh, in the 57 Winwood car. And Joe Bradley has the leader of the race, stretching an extra lap for Ollie Jarvis this time, Joe. Great bit of fuel saving there from Ollie. He's going to stay in the car. Tom Blomqvist sits on the perch, just had a chat with Mike Shank. So he's not due to take over quite yet. So the tyres just coming to... The tyre stop, I should say. The tyre change just coming to the rears now. I'm just going to quite see if I can see what the state of the tyres are. Ollie Jarvis taking a very well-earned drink. Replenished drinks bottle. I'm pretty sure it's not the same. Lighting down the uh, back straight and then taking for a drinks bottle. Fuel always, as ever, the last thing that occurs. Put me the wheel spin. Let's see if I can see those front tyres. Can't quite see any blistering on these ones. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the reasons they got an extra lap. I think they've eased their pace just a little bit. Uh, let me give you some penalty news. Unsafe re-entry drive-through for the MLT car. Penalty, that's the number 58 penalty for the number five, more than the permitted number uh, of uh, personnel of the world, wall and considered working on the car. That'll be a penalty for the uh, Cadillac DPI number five that's like Duval is driving for JDC Miller Motorsport. And there was one more as well, but that's disappeared just before I got to see that. So that must have been just served. Uh, Number 23, multiple track limits, drive-through, and also drive-through for the number 96. So two significant cars there. The 96 is the Turner Motorsport car, and uh, the number 23 also getting a drive-through as well. So Corvette into the pit lane. Joe Bradley will give us an update on that at the moment. Just having a look as well. The number now. So Sebastian Montoya has been warned for blocking on the front straight. So that did get a finger wag at least from the uh, pit from the race control. So heart of racing team, by the way, the 23 was the other car. Uh, that's going to get a drive-through. And that car's already served it, which is why it disappeared, but I did want to see which car it was so that when I work out that they've disappeared and had too many pit stops later, uh, later on, uh, I know why. Joe Bradley, that looked a fairly standard stop for Corvette. Very, very standard. Even had a chance to clean the windscreen and take what was left of a tear-off off there. Fuel and tyres only, though, driver stays on board. Been a quiet race for Corvette, but uh, came in out of the lead, Antonio Garcia, and takes the car back out again. They're hovering around on a slightly different, and, and I mean very slightly different pit strategy in terms of uh, what's been going on. Remember, they have had a drive-through, 35 laps for Antonio in that car, which is about standard, 34-35 for the GTD Pro cars. Coming up to a 
another significant part in the race, not in terms of points or anything like that, but we're coming to two thirds distance. Two hours and two and a half minutes still to go. If you're with us this afternoon, nice to have your company. Just coming up, just past, in fact, half past two in the afternoon. Uh, it is 20 minutes before eight in the UK, before nine in Central Europe. Thanks for spending your Sunday afternoon and evening with us. Sirius 207, RS2 around the world is IMSA Radio via imsaradio.com and IMSA TV available on there as well. So that last stint from Oliver Jarvis has enabled him to uh, stay ahead yes. of the number 10 car. First time we saw that last time and he wasn't able to do so, but this time he was able to uh, make, enough, make enough ground uh, on their different strategies, 10 laps apart, well it was 10 laps, now 12 laps difference yeah. between those two, because number 60 car uh, turned a, a really great sit in there, 27 laps he was managed to eke, able to eke that out, uh, and he still comes out ahead of number 10 car, so that could be absolutely critical towards the end of this race. And if you remember the last time, Jeremy, he was pretty much three seconds behind, and now he's pretty much three seconds ahead, so that's exactly. a six-second swing yeah. in that run for Ollie Jarvis. We hear a lot about fastest laps of the race, but what really counts in these long green flag runs is your average time across the lap yeah. uh, right throughout your 24, 25, 26, 27 laps as it was there for OJ. And uh, I know Chelsea will be listening back in the UK. Hope you're well, Chelsea. Your lad's done a cracking job there. That's one of those real hero stints that he's just pulled off. Head back into GTD where there's always a battle going on. And this is for the lead. Brian Sellers and Ollie Milroy, Inception Racing McLaren 720. And the red, white and blue, the Stars and Stripes, Paul Miller Racing Car. And uh, as that battle goes on, we tick down to two hours to go. It is the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre talking to the world from here at Watkins Glen International. <laughs> 